Shumai, it's the 14th of October 2020. This is Radio Yes Cymru. My name is Sean Jobbins. It's time for independence. Yes, 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 Cymru Radio. And on tonight's programme, we have Theo Davis Lewis, originally from Tlenethi, but writes for Nation Cymru, The Spectator, and The Times. And we're going to be discussing Plaid Cymru's Commission on Independence. Stick with us. Yes, 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 Cymru Radio. Independent news and views from independent nations. Yes. So, Theo, thanks for coming to the programme. Uh, a lot to discuss. You've written about it for Nation Cymru. Uh, Plaid Cymru's much vaunted uh, Commission on Independence, published a couple of weeks ago now. There's been a lot of discussion about it, a lot of differing views on it. What briefly is your t- take on this commission? Well, Obviously, there's no doubting that this is an important document for Wales. I think there's obviously been that fanfare around this. It's probably what the movement and what Plaid Cymru needed in the sense that there was some sort of blueprint in there. Obviously, it's a document that's designed to guide Plaid Cymru and guide you know, the people of Wales in inverted commas about you know what independence might look like. Uh, and there's interesting ideas in there. I mean, you know, you've had other commentators like Laura McAllister talk about how you know maybe the economics aren't that radical. Um, you've had you know other contributors like John Ball say that you know the referendum point. There's too many referendums. I think the point I made for Nation and for the Times was that this is politically incredibly impractical for Plaid Cymru, and that's something, of course, the party do not want to talk about because this is a very much you know a self-created moment in Welsh history. This is a Plaid Cymru. Um, report. But for me, I think if you look at what's in there, things like, you know, the self-determination bill and and so on, you know, they're not going to get that unless they're in government. And that was the major takeaway for me on the political side, um, that that's going to be incredibly hard to deliver. So in short, um, Sean, it is something that is important for us that, you know, observe politics and look at Wales and look at what's changing uh, in the broad scheme of things. But there are so many questions that come from this from this report as well. But to be fair to Plaid, I mean, every party writes essentially a manifesto, uh, and then you could say that there's no point writing any manifesto, any having any views unless you're going to be in power, and that's something which is obviously outside the power of any political movement. So I think, uh, from my take, I think it's a good thing they've written it. I think there's always good stuff in there. So which, obviously, the part of them maybe not being in government is a big question. But what else do you think they could have done instead then? Well, I mean, if you look at the responses, I think obviously some people were unhappy that they probably weren't asked themselves to contribute. Um, and I think, you know, should this have been a, move, uh, a document that included other parts of the, the independence movement? I know, obviously, I think they spoke to an element of Yes Cymru. Um, and I think, you know, the, the Labour for Indie Wales or whatever the group's called were unhappy because technically, if you worked it out, probably more people support independence that voted for the Labour Party in Wales than actually vote for Plaid Cymru if you work out the statistics at a regional level uh, in, in the Senate elections in the last one. So, you know, they were unhappy. At the end of the day, it's a Plaid Cymru document. It's not a, a Labour Party document. Um, and of course, Mark Drakeford at the minute, uh, at the time of speaking, does not support an independent Wales, but you never know. And, you know, I think this is this is the major thing, is that who owns uh, the independence movement? I mean, for me, I think it's so easy you know to say this is in the people of wales's hands and you know and so on and so forth in reality i think i think plies have got a problem in the sense that you know more people support the idea of independence than their own party really um and you know recent polling from scotland shows that you know the support there is not only with 
the question of independence, but also with the SNP. So I think, you know, the point of who owns this movement, and obviously, you know, you're you know, the figurehead for Yes Cymru, and then you've got Plaid Cymru, and I'm sure you both, you know, obviously get along uh, well and fine, you're all working towards the same aim. But, you know, for me, I see, you know, differences in approach and differences in what you're asking for in this. And I think that will be something that we eventually ask. And I think at the end of the day, it probably will be something that will be very contentious when we come to asking that question about independence, which I think, by the way, for the record, I think we will probably ask this decade. So I get accused of being a <laughs> Tory fascist sometimes, and then I get accused of being a Labour spy. Um, so, I mean, I'm, I'm all, over, all over the place. But I do think this question of independence will come to Wales. Uh, for me, the big, big question from this document is not only yeah, get the economics for a second and the constitutional and the legal, it's who owns this, who's going to deliver this. And I think that's a really difficult question for Plaid Cymru. I, I, I took from it, actually, that it's quite a, um, a Catholic, if you like, document, because it essentially gives any party and someone's winking here at the Labour Party, I presume, um, a banister there or some baby steps they could be taking, uh, which actually wouldn't even necessarily support independence. A lot of things in the document about building a Welsh state, which actually you could almost take from being a unionist and saying, OK, at the end of this, we'll have a unified uh, UK, but with some kind of um, confederalism or something. So, I mean, I think there's a lot which people are not implied to be worth looking at uh, for the details and some ideas, but we leave that side for a minute. I mean, maybe the big issues discussed uh, on the media and on Twitter and on Facebook, maybe the big takeouts was the idea of two referendums and then maybe this idea of a, maybe a confederalism. So maybe if you take those two points, Theo, um, starting off with the, the referendum one, I think this is something, again, you weren't too sure of. Mm, yeah, exactly. And I think Really, for me, I think politics is much more simple than this document. And that's not to, you know, denigrate the work that this has done, because, you know, they had to put forward a case which is, you know, well thought through. You know, what sort of constitutional arrangement do we have? Is it this sort of Benelux model? Is it, you know, the UK League or uh, whatever it is? I mean, you've got to put these complex things out. You've got to put several alternatives out there. But in reality, as people have written about before, and you know, as, as I've touched upon, it's, it's far more simple than that. A yes, no question, I think, is the one that we will have. I think actually that will be you know, something that we'll have to live with. I don't think, for example, we're going to have a referendum on whether we have a monarchy or a republic, um, which is obviously quite ironic, judging on you know, Plaid Cymru's history with republicanism. Um, but you know, I don't think we'll have those questions. I think it is far more simple than that, whether you agree with it or not. I think I think that's just the nature of politics. I mean, you know, I don't know what you think, Sean, but I, I mean, for me, I think it is going to be that simple question. You've, this document's great to sort of outline that, but I just don't think they're going to come to that idea of the future relationship of Wales because, you know, there's so many referendums, you know, how are we going to find the time in the current state of things to do that? I don't think, you know, that will be possible. You know, these things with, you know, citizens' assemblies and so on, uh, it's, it's not to sort of take away from what has been written and what has been thought through but for me it's going to be a simple question for Wales this decade and I think you know the big elephant in the room obviously is what's going to happen in Scotland uh, and that's not to take away from the, the agency of the Welsh people but I do think what happens in Scotland will, ha will happen here um, and I think that I think that's my that's my firm view and it hasn't changed to this document. No I think you're 100% uh, correct there Scotland is a big um, issue and we've seen today at the time of this recording that say 58% now in favour of mm. independence and the least just uh, poll. You know, I think in the end it'll be around 
64%. Um, and it is a big thing, and I think it's going to be the tipping point here in Wales. So people, whichever way they vote today or they th even think about independence, it's going to land in our laps. And this is why Yes Cymru and I sent a letter to all Labour, Senate and Parliament members asking you, what is your plan B? Because <laughs> whether you mm. want it or not, it's going to be there. So I think that document does give people some kind of issues to discuss with. On the referendum, I've got two big problems with this. I think two referendums, as you suggest, uh, Theo, is maybe just too much. Uh, and I think it's in danger of complicating things. I think maybe what Plaid's Commission is trying to do is give something in the bank. So unlike with Scotland, they voted no uh, in 2014 and nothing's come of it. And there was talk about the promise, but no, nothing has been delivered. At least if there's, a, I think the idea is if there's a third option of Devo Max are called what it is, the, the proponents of that have to write down in black and white what they actually mean. So I, I think there's some uh, sense in that, but I just don't think there's going to be the, the need or the time for independence to referendums, because I think when it does happen, it will be Scotland, and I think things will move very, very quickly. I think within about two years' time, there's a window for Wales to change. I think Northern Ireland will reunite in some form with great degree of devolution for the North keep instalments, maybe keep your education within instalments and things like that. And think then Wales has to take its time. And as you say, I think the would be one bite to the, the apple and that's it. The other issue, Theo, and I'd like to discuss this with you, is the whole question of referendums at all. I mean, um, I'm very concerned if it's even possible with social media as it is to have anything close to a fair and democratic and genuinely open discussion uh, with social media now. We, we've seen a kind of uh, lies going on in Facebook and every side will have their own take. But I mean, the, the downright lies and which goes on, as I said in a talk for a Plaid Company, I'm, I'm old enough to rem remember the 1979 referendum when people were saying, you know, if you vote yes, you won't be able to watch Coronation Street. And that was <laughs> with a sort of fairly balanced media, well, within uh, at least not the, the extremes we have at the moment. So I'm not too sure if it is possible even to have a genuine referendum. And most countries which become independent have a simple vote in their parliament. I mean, do you think that's an option or do you think people will want to have a referendum to solidify the, the voter decision? Well, I don't know if the modern Labour Party will propagate the argument that you, if you vote no to independent rails, you won't have public come anymore. But <laughs> I mean, I think, you know, it's a valid question. I mean, I think, you know, we saw actually more in more recent times with the 2014 referendum that, how these things work, and you know, and with Brexit, actually, it does come down to economics, and you know, the identity and the patriotism is really important. And I think actually in Wales, it will play a more important part, as in not this anti-Englishness or you know anti-Westernness. Really, identity, Welsh identity, will actually carry a few votes more than Scotland, I think, um, just because of you know recent events and so on. But I think with a referendum, it, ha it has to be something to the people. I mean, I think this brings us back to an interesting point that we had in the middle of the pandemic and something I touched upon for Nation was, you know, the Senate obviously voting against the, the sort of motion from Plaid Cymru to give the power to hold a referendum to the Senate or to ask Westminster for the power, obviously, which is what we have to do. And, you know, I think that is the central question is, you know, when and how can we do it? And I think, you know, going back to what you said earlier, Sean, there's things in this commission that aren't necessarily totally nationalistic or anti-unionism. And I think those are really important points. You know, my 
um, these prediction, which will obviously uh, come back to haunt me, is that we probably might see the Labour Party moving towards an idea of accepting um, a policy where they might bring forward an independence referendum for Wales if the current momentum continues. I mean, some people think this momentum is very much restricted to, you know, social media and what you see, you know, on the Yes Cymru feeds, which is obviously not to, you know, disrespect everything you've done with the movement, Sean, but that's what some people, that's what the you know, unionists say. I think, you know, we have to have that referendum, but also in the way that people approach it, lots of people now think that the nationalists have to be a bit more firmer and actually take some tactics from the Brexit side of the, of the, of the campaign in 2016, because there was a lot of slogans, there was a lot of um, you know, pulling of the truth there. And I think that's how you win campaigns. And I think obviously the danger that we've had previously in terms of the way that Plaid Cymru and Adam Price's campaign is that it's probably crossed the line, you know, with the sort of the, colon- the, co- the, co- the colony comments and the colonialism comments that didn't go down very well. That was a sort of really effective slogan, but went down, you know, it sunk to the bottom of the bottom of the you know Welsh coast because it didn't really resonate and it's not how you win over people. But they're going to have to come up with something. And I mean, sort of, you know, Yes Cymru, Plaid Cymru, you know, who's behind this movement to resonate with the people. You've got to have a referendum. The first trick is obviously if you get the Welsh Parliament to give you the right to do it. Yeah, I mean, I'm quite amazed, well, amazed and not amazed, that Labour did vote down that Plaid Cymru motion beginning of the summer about giving Wales the opportunity to choose its own future. I mean, so you could still vote against it. Um, but I think uh, from Yes Cymru's point of view, I think that is the big thing we need to have in Wales after the, 20, uh, the May elections in 2021 is there has to be a key there to open the door. If people want to take independence, that's another issue. We obviously campaign for that. But I think if that, that option isn't available, then I think it's Wales in a very dangerous point. I think then we are seriously looking at just being totally incorporated and direct rule from Westminster within a few years after that. So I think I think the Labour Party will need to um, look at that seriously. And I think also even just to keep some voters, as we know, 51% in our poll, YouGov poll, Labour supporters say they would vote independence tomorrow. Uh, so there's a big vote out there. Um and, you know, why do you think sorry to interrupt, yes. why do you think then that they're so slow? I mean obviously there's the historic reasons, obviously, with you know, this is a unionist party, you know, my great political hero is Jim Griffith. I think mean, he's a very strong unionist, believed Wales's place was very strongly in the UK. Um and he's a product of his time. I mean, I wonder what he'd think about why everything's going on now. But you know, there are there is clear evidence, like you pointed to, that the Labour Party, the membership in Wales, if you believe in polls, is shifting. And I mean, you get the odd helpful comment from, you know, Karen Jones um, as, as a notable figure. Mark Drakeford is still very much, you know, in his rhetoric, anti-nationalism uh, in the way that he sees it. it but it's, I mean, I find it quite mind-boggling that they are still, you know, very, you know, attacking and aggressive towards the nationalist movement, whereas I think probably that doesn't reflect their membership. Yes, I think there's a couple of things going on there. I think there is a split between the, the members in the Senate and the ones in Westminster. And I think, obviously, for, dare I say, just personal reasons, the ones in Westminster want to keep on to the jobs and they see themselves driving uh, the Ministry of Cars in Westminster and don't see their career in, in Cardiff. So that's one thing. And they obviously, there's some of them going to be quite hostile to that. I think there is a there is a very strong, I would say, British nationalist stroke union streak within the Labour Party. Uh, and people, maybe especially of 
Mark Drakeford's uh, generation still believe this, uh, what I consider a myth of, of the British uh, uh, nation state. So I think that's still powerful. But I mean, um, I think sometimes they, they'll have to move uh, and see what goes from that. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting one. So I think this idea of Britishness and, you know, Welshness, I mean, they're very vague ideas sometimes. Um, but I think, you know, something that I've touched upon, I, I wrote about it that, you know, the ideas of Britishness in Wales is going to be very hard to break because if you look at the other polls, it says, I think it was, you know, a couple of months ago from panel base, which was saying that Wales is still the most pro-union country in in the UK, even though, of course, you know, independence support is at a all-time high. So I think it is an interesting one because arguably, for me, in the way I see it, is that the people of Wales still, um, you know, feel like they've benefited from being a part of Britain, which has obviously brought them so many things. I mean, in their eyes, it's brought them, you know, and I, you know, being a part of a political state is giving them representation. It's given them actually their own parliament. They've given them, they've been drip-fed over several decades. And that's obviously where we've got to now is that this COVID crisis has come. And for me, after 20 years of devolution, which has had a psychological and cultural impact within certain circles, but material economic impact, I don't think it has had. It's only now that I think people are realising. But I still think, you know, going back to, you know, this big question about, you know, the commission and, you know, what, you know, yes, Cymru, apply Cymru, you know, where you, where you all go forward. I think it would be very hard for you. For some people, you won't win over at all. But there are some people, that, you know, those indie curious people, and I see them on my sort of social media feed and whatever. It's, it's going to be really hard to win them over because, you know, they see themselves as, you know, British. They benefited from being a part of an economic and social union. You know, I'm probably a product of that. You know, I went to university in England. I'm, in, I'm speaking to you from London now, although I, you know, I speak Welsh. I'm very proudly Welsh. I'm Welsh certainly before I would call myself British. Uh, but those sorts of people that, you know, normally would not necessarily just jump on the bandwagon saying, you know, we want an independent Wales without sort of defining what that means. I think, obviously, going back again, this commission probably helps with that. Um, but of course, this report is not going to be read by probably more than 10,000 people if I were to be very pessimistic about everything. Um, so, yeah, this is I mean, it's, it's an interesting one. Because I think what Yes Cymru have done with your membership soaring, obviously, is you know a really um you know, telling symptom of our times you know obviously you've been you know all over the media with the express in the uk which obviously don't normally give yes Cymru coverage in terms of its political leanings um but it, it certainly i think changed the way people think about wales and it's some people will obviously just dismiss this as complete rubbish and it's just all what you see in social media but i think you would be very silly to look at the last six months and say that wales is the same country as it was at the start of this year Yes, I think there's a couple of things there. I think the and this is where I think the commission is important because it's done some work there, which is um you know someone can disagree with it, but say okay there is a body of work and research done and it's I think it also has done it quite uh, genuinely to try and grapple with some of the issues. I think uh, with this issue about the the strong affinity with a big section of Wales with the you know, Britishness or whatever. That is quite interesting, and it's also quite the Achilles heel, because, again, if Scotland does vote independence, and I think they will, then that whole thing collapses like a house of cards. Because uh, I think when Scotland does go, then Ireland will be next. And it's the people mm. here who feel, OK, I'm, I'm Welsh, they quite like the idea you know, of being a part of you know, a multi-nation state, if you like. Um, well, that's gone. 
and you know people, what's happened with covid i think is that people have seen when wales and the assembly of the senate hasn't followed westminster and we've seen that today with uh mark Drakeford at last uh, you know saying okay you know if you can't travel from one part of wales to another because of covid you shouldn't be allowed to travel into wales either so when people have seen actually when wales has taken a decision uh, and different to Westminster has actually been for the better and I think that's been a huge psychological effect and certainly from our point of view as we've seen membership triple since the beginning of COVID and big two spikes for us was the first one where Mark Jacob and Chris Sturge and Northern Ireland said okay we're sticking to the stay at home message and Westminster the England government in this case said you know uh, whatever the slogan Johnson came up with we saw a huge spike in membership then the second one was after um Cummings went to, 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 to Durham and people just felt this isn't fair and there's two things happening in Westminster now the the myth of Westminster the idea that Westminster was if you like the mother of parliament the proper parliament with the senate being you know, the, the, the baby parliament that's almost changed uh, and people are not now in deference to Westminster they're looking at it critically uh, and I don't think that's going to change very quickly uh, but as I say, the big thing in, in Wales and the big change will be Scotland because people quite like the idea maybe of being part of a multinational state. and then uh, But once that's gone, that's gone. Stick with us. In a minute, we're just going to go maybe more on to this idea of confederation, if you like, Theo. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think confederation is something that Plaid Cymru has always flirted with. I mean, they've obviously never supported independence really uh, maybe until 2003 i think the sort of the date is and this is you know the model that is propagated you know for me i don't see how it works in terms of you know uh confederation as a definition of what it is because for me i think it will be very much the case that the language that you know the commission says is that there's going to be a new partnership with britain and i think you know what we talked about with britishness i think um, you know, Adam Price has realised that the kind of uh, rhetoric that you put out needs to be quite, you know, sensitive to this because you can't just slam Westminster in England uh, by definition um, too much because people will turn away from you. So it's this this new idea of independence is important to say, you know, in, in the context of confederation is seen as a partnership within Britain, with England, and with Scotland. You know, as much as they mean that, you know, you can take a guess. But this has always been an idea that Plaid Cymru has had because, you know, whether it's confederalism or it's, you know, a totally radical shift, totally in total independence, maybe you could call it, it's difficult to say. I mean, I don't know with you, Sean, in terms of what your members prefer, because my impression personally is that confederation or confederalism would never resonate with any of your members. Aside no, from the no. word, I think independence as a word would resonate with them. They wouldn't think, I mean, you know, not to, you know, I think it's just a bit more simple for them in the sense that it's kind of, it's independence. It is different. We don't want, you know, we don't want anything sort of overhanging from the state tying us to other countries. We want total independence. We might even want a Celtic union. So, I mean, I don't know what you think about that. Because yes. I, that I would assume it's, Total independence, not confederalism. It's not other model. That's the only thing that we want. Yeah, I think there's two things here. You're right. Our membership want independence, and nobody is going to march for confederalism. As I said, only maybe in Canada in the 1860s would people have marched for confederalism. Um, so I think independence is what people sort of understand. But I think there's 
there's another point I think, and I think to be fair, the document I think is a bit more nuanced than the maybe the headlines which come out have said, you know. And I think actually it's what most people, if you ask them, how does this animal actually look? I think what Plaid's document actually outlines what most people would think of as independence. That is, free movement of goods and people across uh, the British Isles. Um, obviously independence, but an element maybe of shared um, sovereignty, maybe in the fields of defence, maybe across something like basic taxation, so there's no rush to the bottom, uh, maybe uh, um, some element in, in terms of you know other uh, factors of social life. And something which is similar to Benelux, where you did have you know, three independent states, three different monarchies, two different currencies. Uh, the Luxembourg was in with the Belgian franc, of course, before the euro. And I think people would support that. Maybe the problem is more just the actual word confederacy. Um, yeah, because I think, I think, I mean, I think, Sean, I mean, you know, confederalism really, I think it says in the report, you know, it's based on the principle of independence. Yes. And I think, you know, federalism is probably incompatible with that principle, uh, you know, and Plaid Cymru's committed to that, um, you know, in its kind of, um, you know, terms of reference in that, in that commission itself. So I think, you know, there's obviously that element that you draw yourself to that it's, it's the political campaigning element, which is, you know, are people going to actually, you know, go out there and campaign for this? Because, I mean, if you went to your Yes Cymru march in Most Tidville, granted this report wasn't um, uh, published then, and probably the, you know, the policy base hadn't been developed, but I don't think anyone was there marching for that. I think, obviously, what I find really interesting about all of this, and, you know, whatever an independent world looks like, is, you know, there'll always be some sort of vocal point for uh, anger and frustration. Are we creating, essentially, another European Union situation where we're going to have anger directed towards Cardiff or this, you know, I mean, an internal market different to the one we have now, perhaps, or one we have tabled now, that people are frustrated by? And I think, you know, is confederalism you know, with of goods and the, how, how on the sort of the market and how that works within that model, is that going to really deliver what, you know, the nationalist movement want? Personally, I don't think it is. I mean, I'm very much dealing with sort of black and white here, that it's kind of like I always see or would envisage Wales if it was to go independent, which I think it will. I think it will be much more simple and it will be, you know, an independent Wales. That will obviously involve us being in economic partnerships, I think, with other countries. Yes, and I think, both. and I think to be fair, that's what the document actually just to put down in black and white. I mean, I'm I'm the chair of Yes Company. I've never heard anyone in the movement actually talk about having border posts between Wales and England, controlling the border as we're trying to do with COVID. Yes, but the member states of the European Union all did that. So, you know, Austria unilaterally closed the border with COVID. Slovenia. I mean, this is something which is natural. But I think the idea of actual border posts. I think to be fair to applied commission thing they've just actually just written that down and say look this is basically free movement of goods and people and mm. there'll be something similar to benelux or scandinavia to give people a, a an idea what we mean by independence because obviously you and i know that people say oh nationalism and separatism we saw peter hayne use a separatist word in a tweet this week which i have to say surprised me because I, I i did think we have passed that kind of name calling, people can disagree, of course, and obviously people on on my side name call as well. So we're not we're not innocent in this, but I I just it, to me it sounded like something from you know the nineteen seventies and eighties. It was something I hadn't heard for a while, and I didn't think people actually said seriously uh, anymore. So I think the commission is trying to give some kind of flesh and a bones of what this kind of a creature this creature looks like with independence. 
For us in East Cymru, it's basically a seat for Wales in the United Nations and our own written constitution. That's our you know, basic line. After that, if it's a monarchy or the currency, we, we'll allow other people to discuss that. Yeah, yeah, you're not asking for much then. Just, 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 uh... <laughs> no, we will just stick with that. I think uh, that's quite ambitious enough. Uh, we're coming to the end of the talk. You're listening to Radio Yes Company with me, Sean Jobbins, uh, and with me is uh, Theo Davis-Lewis, who's writes for Nation Company, Spectator, The Times, and also, I forgot to say, the founder of Drag, uh, Darogan Talent. Darogan's a fantastic name, Imab Darogan, the son of prophecy, Darogan Talent. Uh, trying to get people to look to find jobs back in Wales, if, if I'm right, is it, uh, Theo? Yeah, that's right. I mean, obviously, it's to totally uh, rename just for you and Yes Cymru and Radham Price, obviously, just <laughs> to get your heart pumping a bit more. Well, it's a, it's a good word. We're going to try and wrap it up. So, first of all, I think we, we would agree it's worth people reading the document. Yeah, exactly. I think I, well, I think you need to read the document. I mean, this is, I mean, it's a really, I mean, we say that so sort of casually. I mean, you're going to have, hopefully this will reach new audiences, but you've got to read it, I think, because it's, it's, it's a certain audience that sometimes speak about independence. I mean, I think it's broadened a bit. Really important that people read it, Sean, because I think it's, it's what we need in a healthy democracy now. We've come to that point. You can totally disagree with some things in there, which I do, by the way. Yeah. Uh, I was very, very critical of it, and everyone, you know, um, had a go at me on social media for it, which you need as well. But I think it's worth reading 100%. And I think maybe, th- I think there's two different audiences here, it may be possibly. There's one is the, the broader indie curious, we may say. Uh, people are sort of coming to the idea of independence, not too sure, lots of questions to ask. And maybe there's the other audience, which is you know, my troops, if you like, so the people who are there for independence. Uh, how do you think those two audiences would view this? Well, I mean, I think if you look at it's going to be it's going to be mixed anyway. I think lots of people in the independence movement, um, you know, you know, I've been obviously very critical of it. I mean, I think there's, like we talked about with the, you know, the confederalist stuff, the economic solutions. There's good stuff in there. I don't think it goes really, you know, that much further than we probably would have thought, simply because I don't think the commentary picks that up. I think the commentary picks on what we talked about, which is the referendums. You know, the economics do need to be debated. In full, I don't think it's actually a case now that Wales is too poor to be independent. Whether you're any party, I don't think you should be saying that. It's wrong. Uh, I think now it's a case of, you know, what are the economic options and the alternatives? I think, you know, those two groups, the Indicurious, I mean, it's very difficult to digest 225 pages. I think it needs to be, you know, personally, my view is you need to readapt it, you need to reapply it. You know, all they've done is done this report and they sent it out. I think you need to be you know, there needs to be some sort of social media blitz, there needs to be sort of ad, tar- ad targeting and, you know, bringing out crucial things. I mean, I don't know who's doing their PR, but, you know, it needs to be you know, clear and concise and, you know, bringing the key themes out of there. Hopefully it will be digested. I think it'll be interesting for them. But whether that will, you know, reading a book, so I think it is a book, uh, I've read the PDF online, um, you know, whether that will do anything for them, whether that will be sold in, you know, all good bookshops, I don't know. Uh, the interesting group for me, more than anything, is the independence group because I think, I think lots of them are unhappy about certain elements because, and that's you know important to differentiate. I think there's obviously there's yes company members, there's polite company members, and there's people who aren't members at all that are just you know supporting an independent Wales. I think people will take different things from it. I think for Plaid Cymru, it's done a, it's done a good job. It generated a great deal of traction in you know the UK media in the Cardiff media. It raised several questions. It probably, you know, it was a very, I said, I said earlier, it was a self-created moment. I think it is because they've put out this research and they've basically created this momentous occasion 
That is, you know, we've thought about this, basically. And that, you know, you shouldn't denigrate that. I think that is an important step. I think in terms of the different options, whether it's, you know, that Benelux model that we mentioned, whether it's the League of the Nations, you know, whatever that looks like, does it fit the UK, does it suit Wales? That's still up for debate. And I think, you know, I don't think you can go away totally unhappy. I mean, I know, you know, we've had, you know, people like John Ball being really unhappy about how many referendums there are in this. And I totally agree. But at the end of the day, I think for the independence movement, it is it is an important base for them now. It's how they transfer those ideas into a political manifesto for Plaid Cymru next year, whether that will resonate with the people of Wales. I don't think, for example, that the next election in Wales is a referendum on, you know, the question of whether we should be independent. Because right now, if Plaid Cymru, if we had the election tomorrow, Plaid Cymru would probably come third. And, you know, that would be a huge blow, by the way, if that happened next May. So the big, big thing to take away from this is you're an independent supporter, and it's not nice to hear, is you've got to make sure that you transfer that energy into Adam Price and Plaid Cymru next, next May, because I really don't think you'll see some of the non, not even the, the sort of more moderate things in here to do with the future of Wales implemented unless you have a sympathetic government. Of course, again, uh, all of this depends on what happens elsewhere, Sean, and whatever whatever comes up in the next few months. Yes, and I think a lot is going to happen over the next few months, and 2021 is going to be an absolute a pivotal year for Wales and I think the future of the UK. Theo Davis-Lewis, thanks for joining us on Radio Yes Cymru tonight. It's been great to speak to you. I think we've had a very worthwhile discussion about the Plaid Cymru's Commission on Independence. We'll post a link to it on our Facebook page so people can have a look at themselves and uh, follow up the discussion as well. Thanks for listening to Radio Yes Cymru. We're hoping to broadcast every two weeks with topics and discussions about independence in Wales and the independence movement. Yes. 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 Yes Cymru Radio. Radio Free Wales. Yes. Yes.